0: We brought you damn good beer, and now we're delivering to you damn good beef. Hassel Cattle Company is the absolute best source for farm to table Wagyu beef in the country. Hassel Cattle Company is a fourth generation cattle farm out of Texas and they ship all over the United States and straight to your door. They call their beef the blue collar Wagyu. Why? Because it's the best damn Wagyu that every man or woman can afford. Hassel Cattle Company offers Wagyu Smoked Sausage, New York Strip, Beef Bacon, Wagyu Frank without any fillers, two jerky flavors, Original and Sweet and Spicy. Uh, their Hamburger One Food Network's Northeast Burger Jam. Not only do we love their beef, the country loves their beef. That is why they ship all over the country. Uh, they they register their bowls, they breed them with Angus cows, giving you that very high prime product that is grown with zero antibiotics and hormones. So. Head to HassleCattleCompany.com. That's H-A-S-S-E-L-L-CattleCompany.com. Use the promo code DMVR10 for 10% off your order. That's DMVR10 for 10% off at HassleCattleCompany.com.
1: Welcome in to the DMVR Draft Podcast. Um, The whole crew's here together. We're very excited to preview this running back class. Um, But there's also some news we want to get into. First is, I mean, fresh off the Twitter sphere a couple moments ago, uh, Carson Wentz officially traded to the Indianapolis Colts, the one destination that really made sense as he's reunited with his former offensive coordinator in that magical Super Bowl run where Wentz was the uh, presumptive favorite to win the MVP that season before he gets hurt. But the Eagles still managed to win it all with Nick fools. And yeah, the, I thought the, the Eagles got a pretty decent return all considered um, considering you got to swallow that pill of the taking on Wentz's contract. It's a third rounder and then a conditional second rounder that could turn into a first rounder. So Not bad, but um, this also, I was reading marks that every quarterback drafted in the first round from 2009 to 2016 has now changed teams or is now no longer with their original team, which is pretty wild. Um, So yeah,
2: that shows how hard it is, huh? Really does.
1: Yeah. Especially in the first.
3: I I like the deal for both sides, though. I mean, you talk about Wentz going back with Frank Reich. Uh, and the price isn't too steep. I mean, obviously you got to take into consideration the contract, but I mean, if that's the price you get for a new franchise quarterback, I mean, Wentz is only 29. That's, it's not bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely, if I had to pick a winner, I would certainly be choosing Philadelphia right now. I, I with the return that they got for that contract after the way Carson Wentz played, that's, that's incredible work. Um, I mean, because, again, it's just important to, to point out and make sure we're all on the same page. Carson Wentz last year, the, the Twitter graphics have been going around. He had basically the exact same stats as Drew Locke last season. I mean, when you look at the touchdowns, the interceptions, the yards, the completion percentage, like all of it, down to a T, basically the same thing. It's like that graphic of Von Miller and Derrick Henry <laughs> on when they went to the combine, when they were both like the exact same size. It's basically the same thing. And for him to be 29 and have those sorts of numbers, I don't know. I'm not betting on him putting it together and winning something for the Colts. It's possible, though, and that's why I don't hate the deal.
3: This is when his deal also reaches that point um, above that 12% threshold that, again, I talked about in that article last offseason. It's really hard for teams to win when you have a quarterback taking up that much, and now Indianapolis enters that club. Yep. For sure.
1: It's uh it's gonna be interesting to see uh Wentz be able to turn it all around. The Colts, of course, have kind of been hoarding cap, so they've been waiting for an opportunity like this, but I don't know. Um, that was a team that was received a lot of praise for how they've drafted uh lately and they've now given up three premium picks between the DeForest Buckner trade last year and now uh now the Wentz trade and we'll see if those moves that are kind of all in type of moves really allow them to go all in. Cause I'm still think they're kind of on the outside looking in, in the AFC South.
2: I, to me, the Who do you like is more forward moving forward. Tennessee Jacksonville. Still? Jacksonville, well, Jacksonville looks thing, really yeah. good.
1: I mean, with, you know what urban's potentially building there with Trevor Lawrence, but yeah, I mean, I think what, what you've got in Tennessee with Vrabel is very intriguing as well.
0: Yeah. But uh, to me, though, seriously, like I think the Colts are right there with either of them, assuming they have a quarterback. And that's kind of a big assumption. Right. It's a good try, though. And they still have Eason if Wentz doesn't work out and they Mm. should still have that first round pick next year. uh, If if Wentz and Eason don't work out and then you can go try again. So it's not like they're really tying themselves up here.
2: I'm going to be curious to see who the Colts target in the first round now. You know, are they are they in the market for one of these big time receivers try and add somebody right away? They've got that run game going. T.Y. Hilton, you know, he kind of got it going at the end of last year, but he's up there in age, and I think Michael they could Pittman started to get it going. explosive guy.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I was thinking maybe running back would really be like, they'd be a great place for Najee, but they just went in on a Taylor last year, and Naheem Hines was playing this decently. I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I think free agency maybe even more so than the draft is really going to matter for them, but.
3: Yeah, I think uh before the Wentz deal, they were second in the league in cap space almost seventy million. Mm-hmm. So you have to spend some of that money. It's they're gonna make some interesting moves for sure. Yeah. Over under yeah.
0: nine and a half wins for the Colts this year.
3: I'm gonna take over.
1: No, I think I'm taking under.
2: I'm really? going under because I think they go nine and seven.
3: I think ah. they're right there with the Titans, and that's really the only competition I see for them next year. I think the I said this day. line
0: right, and that's all I was really worried about. Yeah, this you is, did. This is the at the end of I the I day, wanted. though,
1: I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure Wentz is going to turn it around. Yeah. That's that was a 10 win team when with Phillip Rivers executing things really nicely. Now it's going to become much more of a boom or bust, hunting big plays uh, kind of offense. You're giving Wentz the best O line in the league, but he just wasn't. He was just holding on to the ball way too long. So the got some best leadership rooms, too.
2: questions too I mean there were some reports about him being pretty bitter in the locker room and not getting along with guys that's I mean that's the opposite of Philip rivers it's it's gonna be interesting to see how that all plays out
1: yeah for sure mm-hmm. any any final thoughts on that um, and then we've got a mock from DJ uh, Daniel Jeremiah 2.0 kind of at the top pretty similar to the one we talked about what two, three weeks ago, post-Senior Bowl. Um, But, uh, Jake, anything that stood out to you? You were the one kind of breaking it down for us
3: off air. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I think he switched uh, fields and Lance here now. So he's got fields going fourth overall to the Falcons. Uh, Lance at eight, just before the Broncos. Still Mm -hmm. giving the Broncos Caleb Farley. So in a lot of respects, it's still the same thing. Uh, Interesting how far Devontae Smith has fallen in this one, too. 14 to the Vikings. So it Um, begins. Yeah. I mean, kind of what we expected really from a lot of this, yeah. he's got Russo back up near the top 10. Um, mm-hmm. so, I mean, interesting stuff, but still kind of par for the course from what we've seen so far from everyone.
1: Maybe the most interesting part was Greg Newsom being added in the top 21 picks, the, uh, Northwestern corner that we haven't talked about too much. I know I've mentioned him a couple times, but, um, He also wasn't healthy for some of Northwestern's bigger games this year. So it was like right when we wanted to preview the Northwestern games against like the Buckeyes and stuff, he wasn't really available. Um, But that's interesting with the Broncos definitely being in the market for a corner after AJ Bouye was uh, let go. Um, Interesting to see Ronnie Perkins in the top 25 uh, as well as Jalen Mayfield. Um, The... it's going to be fun getting into those targets. Uh, JOK, pretty low at all the way down to 25. Um, definitely one of those guys who, uh, you know, an eye in the eye of the beholder type of guy, because, uh, if you have a plan for him and know how to use him, he's worthy of a top 10 pick and he might scare off a lot of teams. If you don't have a plan and, uh, travel mooring the safety out of TCU keeps making it into the first also notable Mac Jones dropping all the way to 28 to the saints. I would bet money goes higher than that. Landon Dickerson, the center from Alabama who everyone loves, um, who had suffered that terrible injury. Was it in the sec championship against Florida or then? Yep.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I think he came in that last play or last drive or whatever.
1: Um, So him to make it into the first round would be very interesting. And then Najee quite high 18 to the dolphins.
0: Yeah. We get to dig in on all the running backs here in a second. I, I, I think that that's a reasonable place for him. I think that, yeah. I mean, without spoiling too much, he is the best running back in this class. And I think that it's worth getting him there so that you don't have to risk taking somebody else instead
3: yeah it's quite a haul from the (laughs) Dolphins you get Chase and Najee Harris two big SEC playmakers to really help out Tua yeah
1: and wouldn't you much rather that than messing around and drafting another quarterback and bringing all that controversy and it just stack more talent on that offense
2: yep give him a shot I mean Tua's proven what he can do with a talented group it doesn't have to be all that complicated you can lean on the run game He's gonna take what you give him. Najee's proven, you know, as a pass catcher. We'll get into all of that. Obviously, don't want to get too far down the woods there, but yeah, I mean, I think he's running back one for all of us at this point. We can at least tease that, um, or close to all of us. I, I guess I shouldn't guarantee it, but yeah, I, I like I like the pick. It bummed me out as a Broncos fan if he went, you know, eighteen.
3: Yeah, yeah,
1: it would well. Let's get into those running backs. Um, Hank, take us to a quick break, and then we'll get into Najee and the rest of this insane running back class, which is going to be really fun to break down. Um, you've got all sorts of flavors. I think you have like 11, 12 potential like RB1s in the NFL, or at least guys who could put up a 1,000 plus all-purpose yards um, in a single season in their NFL career. So it's an exciting group. It's a group we all think the Broncos should target. But before we do that, Hank, sir, give us your special shout-out.
0: It's not quite time for the madness that is college basketball in March, but that doesn't mean the fun has to wait. DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is giving all new players the chance to cash $100. New customers can bet $1 on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. And if your team makes it rain, you cash $100. That's right. All it takes is for one three-pointer being hit by your chosen team to turn $1 into $100. That is a no-brainer. So, uh, actually, if basketball isn't for you, DraftKings Sportsbook actually has daily odds on hockey, soccer, and so much more. Uh, DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its customers since 2012, so they know a thing or two about big paydays. Again, Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code DMBR to get your shot to turn $1 into $100 when you bet on any team to hit a three-pointer in any basketball game this week. That's promo code DNVR for new customers to get a shot at 100-to-1 odds on any basketball team to hit a three-point shot. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Restruct- restrictions apply. Winnings paid out in four twenty dollars free bets. See slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem, call 1 800 522
1: 4700. DM, what a deal. Also worth noting on DraftKings Sportsbook right now uh, Trevor Lawrence was a minus 5,000 to be the first overall pick. Justin Fields was the second option all along. Zach Wilson within the last week has moved into the second shortest odds. And his odds keep getting shorter and shorter. Zach Wilson now just plus 800 to go first overall. Not saying it's going to happen or that's a good value bet, but I think that's notable. Um, that it's now, what, within a hundred to one range?
0: Yeah. I mean, I, it, it is notable because eight, eight to one odds basically means... Yeah, like, eight to one, exactly. It's, it's possible. Like it's, it's something that could happen. So you're saying there's a chance 12 and a half percent. And do I think there's a 12 and a half percent chance that Zach Wilson gets taken? Number one. Like, of course not. It's not going to happen, but it is Vegas
1: thinking that is is notable notable, though. Yeah. Yeah. Also since the Wentz news Broncos at plus 400 to land Deshaun Watson, just behind the Panthers and Texans, they went up. That's correct. That's correct. Um, and lot. for Sam Darnold, they keep sneaking up. They were plus twelve thousand earlier in the week. They were plus a thousand yesterday. They're now plus nine hundred.
2: Yeah, would you like, give up? But what? Uh, what Indy gave up to land Darnold? No, I would not. I think it's too much.
0: I, I'd rather. I'd rather just draft. Would a quarterback you give a third round pick for Darnold?
2: Just a yeah, third rounder. For pick? sure, a third yeah. rounder. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd do that. I think that's possible, but no, probably not. Mm-hmm. No.
1: And it's right on the verge. It's right. The Wentz trade is right on the verge.
2: Yeah. Um of what you what about Drew Locke and Arnold. a third round pick for Sam Darnold?
3: Yes. I certainly would. Really? Sure. Yeah, I think that's a little less enticing than just the third rounder, though. I think you'd rather have huh. both those guys compete
0: it. definitely. Yeah. And and honestly. Like, I don't think I'd give up much with Drew for Darnold. I and mean, I don't think I'd give anything up, honestly. And maybe I'm wrong and need to go watch more Darnold, but
1: Yeah, I certainly oh. would. Completely different really? pedigree of quarterback. Yeah.
2: I would I would <laughs> huh. do that in a heartbeat. I think yeah. Darnold is gonna land somewhere in the right spot and we're gonna see a, a nice little revival of his.
1: I agree. I think him and Lamar Jackson were just the young bucks of that draft class and are still really young. Um, so give him time. I mean, just a disastrous situation in New York for Darnold. So,
0: yeah. And I do think the odds for the Broncos to get Darnold should be better. The, the odds getting better for Watson kind of baffles me because like the, the, the Texans are not going to trade him in the division, you know, like the, the Colts figuring out quarterback. No, they're in the same division as the the Colts. Colts. And so like for, for the Colts to get Wentz, I don't think that that really changes anything. If anything, the odds should get worse because wait, now I'm trying to think now my mind well, it's
1: one less contender for Wentz. So it's one more contender to give more attention
3: to Watson.
1: Yeah. And there are more reports about, yes, if Watson's available, the Broncos will definitely make a push.
3: Well, I think the big thing that we look at here in the Watson sweepstakes is that the Broncos don't have another big quarterback hit on the, on the uh, books. So, they're one of the teams from a financial standpoint that could easily make this work. Yeah, you're probably going to have to give up a lot in draft capital, but it, he'd slide right in in the cap situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Huh. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, and aside from Carolina, they seem to be the, yeah. the favorites, um, even more so than the Niners who don't have as much draft capital to give up. But it's kind of a mute situation. I mean, right now it's it doesn't matter because the Texans aren't negotiating with anyone you're just kind of reading the tea leaves and that's what the sports book's doing as well. One of
0: these days that'll change One of these days we'll wake up and get the Adam Schefter alert that the Texans have changed their mind and they are now listening and it might not be in the next week and it might not be in like the next four or five months, but someday that day will come.
1: I mean, the sports much, book says he's still a favorite to stay with the Texans
3: as much as like that, Houston man. screwed this thing up. I mean, I think they have to listen at some point, right? Cause you could really get a haul.
1: Um, it's going to depend how hard Watson's going to push their hand. It's a delicate situation. Um, because even if Watson does use his full leverage, that's, you know, that's going to have Texans, uh, pushed up against the wall and, um, you know, sometimes organizations will just say, okay, we're, we're not going to negotiate with you. We're not giving you what you want. I mean, you know, you never, we, we've seen it with Carson Palmer had to retire to get out of the Bengals. Um, and the Raiders still had to give up an absurd haul to get him out of Cincy. Uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see um, crazier, crazier things have happened in the NFL than a standoff between Deshaun Watson um, and if and the anyone's
2: Texans. dumb enough to do it. It's Houston. So
1: yeah, for sure. All right. Running backs, but shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook where you can find all those great lines. We're all team Najee running back one in the class, but I imagine we have some differences once we get into our top fives and then five through 10, you can go any which way, but let's get into that. Those top fives and why, whoever wants to start, I leave the floor to you. I'll go.
3: Yeah, go for it.
2: All right. <laughs> I like, I mean, yeah, Najee, he's my guy, obviously one. Yep. Um, yep. Are we, are we going to break down what we like about him or should we just jump down to, to,
1: I mean, I, he's the consensus for all of us, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, to me, it's easy to summarize. Similar to Trevor Lawrence was easy to summarize. To me, Najee is easy to summarize. I'm I'm not convinced. I, I think you'll see some comps to Saquon or Derek Henry out there for people that just get overly excited. Um, and no disrespect to Najee. I just don't think he's that level of physical athletic outlier. But that said, I think his floor is about as high as any top prospect and his ceiling remains quite high, even if it's not quite at the level of a Barkley and Derrick Henry. And that's why neither of us is batting an eye when someone like Jeremiah mocks him, uh, in the top 18, you know,
2: I am glad you brought that up though. Cause I even have in my notes, not quite Derrick Henry, but tough to bring down. His momentum is just always going forward. <laughs> yeah. And he's one of those dudes. He's really patient. Like, He's great between the tackles. He has this little stutter step where he kind of shuffles and then all of a sudden he takes off and you realize he can move. I mean, I think that's one of the things that gets underrated is his speed and he, you know, he's improved as a pass catcher. Just a great back. Behind him, though, I got, you know, Travis Etienne. No. There's some things that worry about that worry me about him, mostly his size and durability. I know that wasn't really an issue at Clemson, but in the NFL, that can just, you know, it can, it can kind of be tough. I know we've seen some smaller guys make it work now. Um, I like his vision in the open field. Don't like him as much between the tackles as I like Najee Harris. Love his lateral quickness. I mean, yeah. he's not the best pass blocker in the world. That would concern me a little bit if I went, was investing in him as my number one guy. But, uh, you know, ETN, he's solid. And I got Javante Williams at a UNC. Mm-hmm. Big physical runner, gets downhill quickly, really explosive. Yeah. Uh, he really shoots out of a cannon. <laughs> I mean, he's one of those dudes that's just fun to watch. You get the highlights on and you see him take off. I do worry a little bit that his style of running isn't going to translate quite as well at the NFL. He's just, he's not as patient. Like even mm-hmm. watching him versus Michael Carter, Michael Carter, he lets the play develop. He lets the blocking get out in front of him. He uses it. Yeah. Williams just kind of takes off. That said, it's just fun to watch. There's nothing cute about that game, about hmm. his game. Uh, and then four, I got Kenneth Gainwell out of out of Memphis. Wow. Shifty, great vision. I know that's a lot higher than most people have him. Sure. I just like his versatility. You can use him as a wide receiver. You can use him out of the backfield. If he, if he lands up in the right situation, and he's a bit of a luxury pick, I'll premise that, uh-huh. but, God, he would scare me in, like, a Kansas City or, or somewhere where they're just going to take advantage of everything that he can do. And then I, I got Michael Carter at five. It really came down to him or Kylan Hill for me. A little shiftier, a little more patient than Williams, not quite as explosive. I like his game a lot. He's just hard to go down, especially if you could get him in like the third round. That that might be a little bit of a, a stretch. We'll have to see. Uh, those are my top five. What do you guys think?
3: I want to start with Gamewell um, because I think he's intriguing just like almost every other Memphis athlete that was a wide receiver slash running back the past couple of years. And it's just funny because watching... Obviously, you were watching the 2019 tape of him, right? Since he opted out. Yeah. And just seeing him and uh, Antonio Gibson on the field, I just thought it was funny because I thought they should have switched roles. I thought that Gibson was a better runner, and I thought that Gainwell was a better receiver. And yeah. Memphis just had him switch. So I don't know. It goes to show what I know. But I think Gainwell is really intriguing. Uh, just a matchup nightmare. Uh, someone that can really kind of tip the scales in your favor, whether you split him out wide, motion him out wide. Um, that's really what you're getting with him. Uh, I do like him as a prospect, though. I don't really know too much about how he is as a runner. I mean, he's okay, but he's someone still that should be worth, uh, you know this top three round area.
1: Gainwell is an like all American check all the boxes off first teamer uh, because we just evaluate the traits here. Gainwell belongs in that top five, as you put him, Justin. Um, I just have other guys who give me more guarantees, um, yeah, and just more security in pounding the table for them. But <laughs> Gainwell but I, That's was, what I
2: wanted to add. He is a luxury pick, you know. Like totally. If I wanted a running back one, I'm probably going even Michael Carter over him. But in terms of just like how I think their NFL potential and you know what they could maybe be. I I just think he's a guy where if he ends up in the right system with the right quarterback, you know, the right skill set. Oh god, it's he's dangerous, really dangerous.
1: I mean 100%. Um and so my top 3 are the same. I had a I had real issues with 2 and 3. Um and and so much of the top for me is defined by receiving ability. Um that's just the theme. Um
2: You have to do it now.
1: Yeah, yeah, you have to. You, the The you're... problem
0: the problem for me, though, was when I was trying to, like, emphasize the receiving ability, I, I kind of felt like a bunch of the guys at the top who had that receiving ability weren't all that great running between the tackles, or at the very least I had concerns. And that's what made the list so difficult for me.
1: Yeah, no, I'm... Um, it you got to balance all that out. You want the complete back and you want the receiving ability. And that's where ETN had a slight edge on Williams, but they're part of Williams's game that I like a lot more. And yet I-, I like what you said about Williams, not as patient reminds me almost of Melvin Gordon out of Wisconsin, where he's either gaining 20 plus or he's getting stopped for like two or less because he's just, he's trying to do too much. And that, that scares me. Um, Damn, am I intrigued. And I have two guys I I, I kind of will take issue with you for omitting, Justin. Why don't I just get into it? Since my top three are the same, I just uh, broke down the dilemma I had at two and three. Chubba Hubbard for me is fourth. Huh. I know he's coming off a um, not a spectacular season. Um, was the, hurt, though. Yes. The power element to his game I wish was better. It's not what some of these guys um, bring to the table, but man, his stop start ability, his uh, lateral quickness. And I think the upside he has as a pass catcher, um, you know, just getting him out in space. Ooh, I, I really like Chubb. I, I, I like, you know, just the kind of leadership you showed at Oklahoma state. I think he's a good locker room guy too. Um, he's definitely a guy I'd lock down with the top hundred pick and will gladly, you know, give him plenty of touches on four years of cost control. I, I really like Chubba. Um and call me a sucker, but I, I'm big on Trey Sermon. I think the, the uh, receiving ability there um, is huge. I used to be an absolute speed fiend at the running back position. I've backed off on that and I'm, I value power a lot more in my evaluations, especially power with some real like wiggle And uh, lateral ability, that's so much of the modern NFL game is just getting these athletes out in space. Um, And like, you know, like Derrick Henry, like where he succeeds, of course, he can run it up the middle. He's good at that. But where the Titans really get him rolling is on those outside runs are fine. Getting him out in, you know, in the flats and then he's just murdering people. Uh, and I think sermon to a lesser extent could do a lot of that. We started to see it once he got going. I think we've seen more of that receiving ability at Oklahoma. I love the lateral quickness. Um, so yeah, sermon's up there for me. Chuba's up there for me.
2: My big question with sermon was just, you know, we only really saw it over a like four or five game stretch. Mm-hmm. That's not really his fault. Obviously it's a weird season. It's just yeah. one of those you know, is he is he going to do that at the next level? I don't know. There's a lot that I like there, and I see why you have him in the top five. Carter just was really consistent to me. I don't. He's a guy that I don't really worry about. I'm not sure that his ceiling is quite as high as Trey Sermon or Chubba Hubbard, but I think you really know what you're getting in him. If that makes Carter
1: sense. was one of the toughest fits for me, honestly.
2: Like he's weird because like there are times so I watch weird. and I'm like, it's not. He's not like explosive enough. And then there are other times you watch him and he's shifty and he's following his blocking and it's like, Oh, well, wh- where'd that come from?
1: Yeah. Like what's, what's the comp for him? Like I've heard Naheem Hines, which sounds accurate, but kind of scares me as a top hundred pick. I've wondered, is he like slightly bigger, better contact balance Tyree Cohen with, I could see that, you know, like a, Obviously, we're sacrificing a little speed and shiftiness. Yeah, but like, could that be as impact as a second? You know, like a, as an RB two.
2: I like that because he's a so, dynamic guy. Like, he's a guy. I see, you bring him in, change a pace. Like, dump a screen to him, let him yeah. the field, develop in front of him, and he's just gonna you know make something happen for you. Pick up twelve on third and nine or something. You know. Yeah, for sure. Um, there, there's always a place for that in the NFL. Is the thing like. It's so hard with running backs to translate because you see the raw skills, three athletes. I mean, there's a reason they were starting running backs at the D1 level, but there's just something to be said about a guy that can see the field. I, I really value that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I agree. His vision, balance, patience, really nice. Um, Hank, do you want to do your top five next?
0: Let's do it. Um, I really struggled putting this together um, just because... I do, I feel like there's so many options of guys who are deserving to fit right in there. Quite. Um, I started with Najee. Again, like you just watch Najee, everything he does, he does well. Like yep. he can catch the ball. He can make some – like not, not even just like, oh, he can run out to the flat and catch the ball. He can go up and catch some footballs in a way that a lot of mm-hmm. running backs can't. And when mm-hmm. you have those plus traits all over the place, and I'll agree, like he's not a 4-3 guy. He's not like the – total game change if you give him an ounce of space he's just gone it's a touchdown but outside of that he's just so well-rounded he has such a good feel for the blocking in front of him he's always finding the space and sure it's alabama and there's a lot of space but that's why he was a heisman finalist um behind him though is where it gets tough you know i did decide on etn number two but when i started watching all these i started with naji and then went to etn And when I watched ETN, I was like, eh, I'm not so sure that he's going to be number two. It was just because the other guys couldn't convince me to put him in front of them. With ETN, I do get worried about him running between the tackles. If there's a lane there, he's going to take it and he's going to pick up a whole bunch of yards. If there's no lane there, I'm just not so sure, which is weird though, because when you get him in space, he can break two, three tackles and, and still be gone. But Again, when he's between the tackles, it does just seem like things can yeah. get clogged too easily and he isn't good enough at just creating things on his own. Um, does that mean I wouldn't draft him? Of course not. He's the number two running back on my list. It just means that there is a bit of a concern there. And it's a concern that goes away considerably when you're the, say, the the Saints, for example. I guess they already have Kamara, so maybe that's a bad example. But when you're spending a bunch of time spread, maybe the Chiefs are a better example. You spend a bunch of time spread you're basically playing five on five, the, the, the blocking gets simple. There are a lot more lanes to choose from. I think that that's a situation on top of the ability to catch the ball, of course, in those offenses where I would really like him. Um, and he is still my number two. Uh, number three, I went with, uh, I'm going to go Kylan Hill. It's tough there, but I still just love everything that he does as well. I do like his feel for running the tack between the tackles a little bit better, but I will say that that is what holds me back more than anything. Um, he he's punished guys before as a runner. Uh, he has the jukes, the all of the the short space agility that you could want. Um, I thought at, at points, you know, what I really like is the zone running, the ability to to follow the blockers. He even does this thing where he like puts his hand on the back of the blockers in front of him. And it almost looks like the way Le'Veon Bell used to run that same type of like spacing and there's a lot patient. of differences, but yeah, exactly. It it just, it's very smooth. And then the side to side cutting ability where he can juke two yards to the side and totally change all of the angles on the defense. When you're running those zones, feeling those spaces I really like. And of course he can go catch the ball and all that too. Um, and that's why he gets the edge. Um, from there, I'm going to go. Javonte. He's another
1: check all the boxes first tier. Yep. Um, yep. yeah, I, I kind of worry about the vision. somewhat.
0: do you, I, yeah. I get that. I do get that. I think that
2: maybe it's Downhill more speeds. Not great either. Like he can mm-hmm. move, but he's not one of those dudes that, you know, it's like boom. And he beats the safety He's gone. You Very know, I think true. There are a lot of guys that could tackle him in the open field. Again, though, it's just like that zone running. I do think
0: that maybe finding the lanes he's not the best at, but when the whole line is kind of moving and the line of scrimmage is shifting, I feel like he follows that sort of space really well. You know, if if he, there's good interior push, he's going to take that, and then he might find something from there too. Um, from there, I'm going to go Javante. Uh, Mm -hmm. just because I couldn't justify putting him down too much lower when my complaint about so many of these guys is running between the tackles and he is just so good. You know, I I like the way that he is physical and yeah. can basically just throw guys off him. And, and like, again, it's, it seems like whenever somebody has a unique trait like that, the only other guy in this class who has it is Najee. It's the only other guy who I look at and say, like, he's somebody who I really trust to just grab and throw somebody to the side, and we saw it on tape repeatedly. You know, it's the same thing where it's like, Kylan Hill, he, he, he has the hurdles. Well, guess what? Najee has those two. Um, to move along, though, you know, I, I left Chuba out of mine. Um the, again, the, between the tackle stuff, they do a lot of stuff with him. Like the Broncos do with Phil where it's like, they line him up in shotgun and there's like a little counter run. Um, And maybe there's just like this one-on-one block on the same side. And he just gets to that close edge so quickly and just creates so much space. And even when he runs, he runs like Phil a lot of the time in that he gets that space at the edge of the offensive line. And then basically like sees a defender and just takes this angle to the sideline and just outruns him as far as he can to the sideline and and it did remind me of Phil a lot watching that particular part of his game I just don't know that there are too many plays where he's getting tackled for a loss and and that frustrates me again the the upside the speed he's a 2,000 yard rusher and you're nitpicking but I don't know 2,000 yard rushers don't always pan out um I do want
2: Chuba run fits right in. If we had to replace run Phil run, I mean,
0: that is Eric's
2: not even gonna have to do much on the t-shirt.
0: It does sound really good.
2: He's um, also bigger than Phil.
0: He is definitely yeah. bigger. He is. I think just in general, better than Phil, but just that one aspect and that thing that, and again, I thought that he did the best when I watch was those runs to the short side out of the shotgun. But when you look at the numbers, pro football focus says that he's most efficient running between the tackles. And, and when you it basically goes from the a gaps out is where he's at his best. And I don't know what to do with that. That what I saw didn't line up with what happened there. Um, maybe I just watched a few different games, but I still have my concerns. Um, and then gain. Well, just the versatility. I mean, the man is lining up in the slot and they're throwing bubble screens to him. And he's setting up the blockers the way that a running back should be able to set up blockers. When he's catching a bubble screen with that much space, you know, and and he just executes that sort of stuff so so well. He can bounce back and forth. He has all the agility that you could ask for. I was telling Justin before this, um, watching one of those games, one of the commentators said, uh, one spin I'm into. That's great. The second one got him into a better spot. But the third one, you just can't do that. And, and just like that line, I just love it so much because he's just out there like dancing, doing stuff. And sure, he overdoes it. But I mean, it's a man who they put in the slot and throw corner routes to, and they're successful. And that's why I'm going to round it out with Demetric Felton because I really just like this style of running back. And there's so many similarities there. Just that burst the the ability to go from zero to 60 or not even that it's like they have a gear that most of those guys don't have it's like zero to 80 as fast as they do get in and out of breaks um break tackles i i i think that that especially for the broncos is the direction that i I would be going with this running back class
1: well there's a top six and an exclusion from the top six um for more great monologues from Henry Chisholm, tune into the DMVR Buffs podcast uh, I had a lot of Yeah,
0: I have to get them all out.
1: You honestly, you were a good man. You uh, you really you set the block for our guy Jake, who I saw working through some connection stuff. Jake, are are you with
3: us? Jesus, man, wow. we just lost power real quick there, so that was uh, fun <laughs> to kind of scramble and deal with. That's we're back though. Was. Um. Cool. I wanted to – I'm glad you guys said it. I wanted to get in on the conversation on Chubba because that's kind of what I saw when I watched him. He reminded me of a bigger, not-as-fast Phillip Um And not that that's a bad thing per se. I just don't – I don't really see a definite strength in his game. Um, I do think he's a solid runner and someone that you could definitely plug into a rotation and get good production out of. I just don't know if he's going to be, you know, yep. ever a top 20, 25 back in the league, which, I mean – If you just need a a guy to run for 800 yards every year, sure, go ahead and get him. Um, I'll start off with my top five, though. Pretty much identical to a lot of your guys' I've got uh, Najee one, uh, Etienne at two, and then my guy, Javante at three, Uh, just been one of my favorite players to watch all year. Um, Just the physicality. And he's actually a really complete player, I think, in terms of passing game production. He's not afraid to block. He's got good hands. Um, so that's why I have him there. And then another guy I see is pretty complete is Trey Sermon who I have at Ford. Uh, I thought he was excellent at Oklahoma. He had that knee injury and transferred over to Ohio state and ended up playing really well for them. And I think his game can definitely translate and he could be a lead back at the next level. I don't know about right away, but he's someone you can kind of groom into that role. And then at five for now, I've got Michael Carter. Um, maybe a bit more one-dimensional than the other four guys. I just think that that speed is something you can really take advantage of and game plan with, Um, and he'd be a great complementary back to anyone who's already kind of have an established RB1, per se. Uh, Kylan Hill was a guy that I flirted with putting in there. uh, Again, some of the concerns just actually running the ball, uh, as weird as that sounds, just because – you know he was a pretty high pro, high profile runner in the SEC for a long time before this year, and then we really saw him make strides in the passing game. It's still just I don't know I just feel a bit hesitant about him. Uh, I had Chuba right there around there as well. Yeah. Um, Demetric Felton was another guy that I ended up mm-hmm. really liking after watching. There's just uh so many guys. I mean that once you get out of that top four range, I think if you're actually looking for someone to lead your backfield, those first four backs yep. that I mentioned are the guys that you want. Um, after that, you're kind of just filling out your committee.
1: I, I think Chuba could be Dalvin cook esque. I, I think if we're looking for like how, what what's the scenario in which this guy becomes a lead back. That's, that's why I have him ranked as a lead back, but, I'm with you. I think there's a, you know, we start to get in the top four five. We're good on everyone's ability to become an RB one in the right backfield, right situation. After that, we're finding more specialized roles. And before we move on to the five through or the six through 10 rankings and beyond, Jake, what's your what do you see as the Michael Carter fit in the NFL? Like what's his role? Cause that's the hardest thing for me. I, I was telling Justin, like, I've seen Naeem Hines comps. I think that might be pretty spot on, but even like Tyree Cohen with some variations almost seems like a role he could fit.
3: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think he has quite the receiving ability of some of those guys, especially Hines and um, who was the other guy you just said Cohen. Yeah. Uh, Cohen. Cohen. Yep. yeah. I think those guys, I mean, they specialize in those roles, right? I don't yes. think Michael Carter really specializes in that role. Mm -hmm. He's just your good old change of pace back. He's someone, you know, if you have kind of a big bruiser type guy, uh, I don't know, a Leonard Fournette type guy on first and second down, you bring Carter in on third down. I don't know if he can really block as much. I didn't take take too deep of a dive into that yet. But, I mean, you get that guy running on a stretch run and you can completely catch the defense off guard just because of that speed and how quickly he's able to get upfield. That's the one thing about his game that stood out to me and why I put him at five. I just think that that's a bit more game breaking than, uh, some of the other traits that other guys have. And I think that's something that'll be valued.
2: I think he can be that Darren Sproles with the chargers to LT type balance. He's just a guy like you're, you're not necessarily going to count on him being the lead guy, but he can run between the tackles, you know, especially if he gets in a rhythm, use that speed, get him on some stretch plays downhill. But what I told Dre was like, he seems to me like it's, third nine, you throw a screen to him and he's a guy that's going to pick up 12 for you just because he's fast enough and he uses his blocking and he sees the field. I love so his vision patient. more than anything else. Wow.
1: Yeah. Combine patient and a guy that's built like a fire hydrant like that. Like it's, it's a tough equation, man, because those guys, they're they're seeing you and they're waiting for you. And then once you finally get there, they're so hard to take down on first contact, man. But yeah. it, it does come down to now in these six through ten rankings, Who's the, who do you like best in those select roles? And that's what's going to be fun about that. It's really going to come down to It's another, you know, beauty in the eye of the beholder. And before we do that, let's take a quick break, Hank, and uh, we can dig into our favorite late gems and beyond in a really loaded running back class.
0: Sounds very good. Uh, nice. Oh, never sit in a doctor's office again. Don't you heard do. that right if you hate going to the doctor like the rest of us check out zoom care the one great thing that we can take away from this pandemic is the ability to do more things from the comfort of our own homes and nobody like sitting in a doctor's office or even dealing with the doctor for that matter but we all need to take care of ourselves so what is zoom care zoom care is like a trip to the doctor's office just from your couch you can see hear and chat with your doctor just like if you were in a traditional doctor's office you can get uh, secure access to urgent primary and specialist care, including mental health. Uh, and Zoom care is covered by most private insurers, usually with a copay. So visit zoomcare.com to get started. That's Z O O M C A R E.com. There's nothing better than getting a diagnosis from your doc while sitting in your own living room.
1: Damn straight. Um, and yeah, we do a little Zoom care here with the draft. Uh, in fact, before uh, a little more spoiler, we're going to jump into the one and only quick question we have. It's uh, from Count Locula to Big Hank, a little Montana connection here. Oh, if you knew that Pitts was to be a perennial Pro Bowl or say seven to 10 years, would you still shy away from picking him?
0: That is such a good question. And my first thought is, okay, so how many, uh, how many tight ends make the Pro Bowl? Six? So your top six tight end in the NFL When you look at the top six tight ends in the NFL right now, what does that mean? You've got Kittle, you've got Kelsey, you've got Waller, you've got Mark Andrews, you want to throw back maybe Hooper, Ertz. So you're looking at like an Ertz, Hooper type level player. Uh, I mean, I think you'd have to give a top 10 pick for that, which is what the Broncos have, except that they have Fant and Okwebunam, and so you can kind of hope that you get that out of one of them anyway. If it's a lock, I think you have to do it. But even then, I would still be thinking, am I really making the right decision getting a third tight end right now?
1: Albert O, Noah Fant combined over under three Pro Bowls. Anyone take the over.
3: What was the question again? Sorry. Uh,
1: Albert O and Noah Fant combined over under three Pro Bowls. Anyone take the over here? No i
0: I it this is the first it's unsafe, even, but I even I week uh, 13. Yeah. If, if you just hadn't shown me those last few weeks of the season, I would have taken
2: that over. But I just I well, just, wait, are we talking legit Pro Bowl selections or like where you become in and because eight people get hurt? And
1: that's a Pro Bowl selection, baby. Bowler, yeah, that's so. a Pro Bowl and selection.
2: They all so get so really paid the same. it's like the eighth yep. best tight end gets in, the ninth best.
1: Yeah, sometimes the 12th best.
2: So, I, so how about this over under two all pro nods? I, I'll no,
1: all pro is <laughs> cheating though, because like <laughs> Pitts, you can say seven, 10 years as a pro bowler. That could mean zero years as an all pro.
0: It's possible. It does feel like tight end lines up just because like, there's so few. Like, I feel like it. it is usually just Kittle and Kelsey, right?
1: The crazy thing is as good Waller as Pitts really could good. be, even knowing he's a seven to 10 time pro bowler. He still realistically with that, is probably the third best tight end in his own division if the Broncos were to select him.
3: Wow. Yeah. 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 yeah that's wild. <laughs> it's not man. But
1: Waller and Kelsey are that freaking good, you guys. Uh, also, AFC West fans, you are spoiled on tight ends. I mean, the best of the best, dating back to like the Madden Raiders, not Madden the video game, John Madden the head coach. Okay.
0: That is true, isn't it? Wow.
1: Yes, it is. What yeah. a run. Tony Gonzalez, uh, Shannon you know, Antonio Sharp. Gates, Shannon Sharp. You got Kellen Winslow. You got right now. Yeah, killing yeah. Wins- And now you've got him even more so with uh, you know, Kelsey Waller, Julius got, Thomas broke some like, records there for Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, yeah. Wow. Spoiled, fam. Spoiled. Um okay. Six through ten and any late round gems. We have 20 minutes, fellas, so don't get greedy here on me. Keep it conversational. No monologues, Henry, but you're starting us off because you, you... Let's all do our you, sixes then. Okay, you you already, already did didn't. yours, and it's Demetric <laughs> Felton. I agree with you, though. Felton, I would almost... There almost should be a third category this year of, like, running back slash wide receiver. And then we can talk about the Rondell Ron Moores, the Demetric Feltons. Um, I don't... like there's a few that could fall in this category. Um, But Felton to me, like Felton is what I want in the modern NFL. He's what the chiefs are trying to do. He's what Joe bear, Joe Brady and the Panthers are. Which one is it guys? Brady yeah, Joe Brady. Yeah. Oh, God damn it. Um <laughs> Are trying to do in Carolina. Um, you know, he's that dynamic. Just gadget out of the backfield that I want. And I mean, we saw it at the senior bowl. Dude's, lining up like a slot wide receiver and just murdering the top senior cornerbacks in this draft class. Um, You know, he's not a three down back. He's never going to give you much in pass pro. Um, He's not going to be much of an inside runner, but he's just a speed demon. He's like a non football athlete on a football field. Every team should have two or three of those guys and try to maximize their touches in space. And I just love Demetric Felton and what he can bring to the table. If used the right way.
2: I got Trey Sermon. Um, in hindsight, I probably would have flipped him and Michael Carter. I just kind of used yeah. the the lack of resume against Sermon this yeah. year, and maybe that was unfair, especially considering I was like hyping the shit out of him after the Big Ten Championship game. So I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes I look for reasons to nitpick these guys. Yeah, cool. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them. Um, I have Felton at 7 too, so I'm just going to throw that out there since we've already talked about him a ton. I don't need to throw anything else out there. Love what he brings as a pass catcher. Love the versatility. You just need that in the modern game. Yeah. Jay, Could he get a six?
3: Um, I think I'd have either Chubba or Kylan there. Um, since we already talked so much about those yeah. guys, though, I yeah. want to talk about someone else. Um, Jamar Jefferson from Oregon State.
2: Yes. And someone that's yep. been
3: very impressive over mm-hmm. the last three, four years he's been there. He's kind of a bit CJ Anderson-esque with the, the bowling ball mentality, but, man, yeah. he can fly. He can really run. So that's someone that I'd be really tempted to take a shot on day three or so. Yeah,
1: Definitely. because you get into that tier. It's Felton, Carter, Jefferson, Jared Patterson from Buffalo yep. to me is in there. Damn, that kid is shifty and explosive. He's he's small, so I don't quite know. But
2: mm. man, do I like, him. I, he intrigues me more than Hubbard does, to be honest. Dude,
1: I love the way that guy looks runs i really love the way that guy runs um that's a spicy but good take justin that's a spicy but like on on track take um i just think not you're gonna be like able a to get him take later for the sake and of i think it. there's yeah.
2: less risk like he's a guy i could see going in the fourth like late third even and really hitting like really hitting in a way where people are like how did this dude go so late Hubbard, I could kind of see end up being the opposite. A guy that goes earlier than he should gets all these expectations. And then all of a sudden he doesn't produce sometimes the situation and the politics of it kind of have to be taken into consideration too. And I just, he's a value pick for me. He's a guy. Yeah. He, he might not pan out, but you're not going to have to take him that early. And the upside is insane.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, no Patterson's one of those guys who like put him in Seattle, I think could do a lot of great stuff. Um, But I mean, again, then I look at Jamar Jefferson. I look at Michael Carter. I look at felt it's, it's a tough group to rank because I'm intrigued by so many of these guys. And then there's another check all the boxes member uh, in Khalil Herbert, the Kansas transfer goes to Virginia tech look great at the senior bowl. You go back to his tape. He had an outstanding season. He's averaging six and a half uh, yards per clip with the, Hawkeye uh hokies, hokies and uh also fun to watch because you get to watch Darisaw just like block oh, just 20 yards downfield. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um he's another guy like sign me up. I'll take like I would love some one of the check all the boxes teams combined with one of the like RB2 specialist guys. Like, give me Herbert Patterson, sign me up. Give me Felton Trey Sermon or Felton Kenneth Gainwell. Sign me up. Like there's a lot of different combos here where mm, 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 I'm happy with that
2: backfield. Give me four years of cost control with RB one and RB two and let's roll. There's a lot of combos I like better than what Denver's would have with Phil and Melvin and for a hell of a lot cheaper and probably more versatility.
1: Yep. No, totally. Um, Henry is there anyone that you have in that 6 to 10 range that we haven't mentioned yet? We're circling back to you.
0: We've uh, we've hit them all. But yeah. Jermar Jefferson, I'm I'm glad Jake brought him up. I just having all these guys we've talked about, one of the complaints has been, you know, does he have that top end speed? Is he somebody who can take like <laughs> yeah. the, the crack of daylight and actually get to the house? And that's what Jermar Jefferson did. Like, like that is why Oregon state beat Oregon at Oregon this season that happened. And it was all Jermar Jefferson. Jermar Jefferson was the, I believe the PAC 12 player of the year, um, maybe two years ago because I think he missed a full season with a knee injury too. Um, but he has been so good for so long. He can, he can run the ball however you want him to run the ball. Um, and I, uh, I do get really fired up about him. I think there was somebody else who you guys were talking How about.
1: How crazy is it, Hank, that we're ranking him so far ahead of CJ Verdell now?
0: I know. I know. And and that was honestly something I was just thinking as I like went through all the running you know, backs. And I was like, mm. but yeah, Verdell's another one who...
1: Versatility and yeah. like the dude's a bad man when he runs. Like I, I do not want to be in space when Verdell just like... Planted his foot and now he's going north and south. Like, I do not want to be in his way. He's a bad man.
0: And that's something that's missing from these other running backs we've been talking about. Yep. You know, yep. that not all these guys have it. And again, though, when you say, oh, here's a here's a trait that very few guys have, Najee has that as well. And while we're having all these other conversations, I don't want to be lost just how good I think Najee Harris is going to be. Also, I've been forgetting to say this for this entire show, um, but uh, while DraftKings has the Broncos as the third most likely to uh, land Sean Watson, um, another sports book that will remain nameless, but it is the other one you'd check. They have the Broncos as the favorite at plus 150 to wow. have him as the opening day starter.
1: What I'm saying
2: is there's better value over at DK, baby. If you're going to exactly. put your money down, <laughs> yep. put it where you're going to make money. I mean, it's, it's really logistic. It's, it's what the smart people are doing. Mm-hmm. I'm not one of them because I'm not smart,
3: but even I would do that. I Boy, have a crazy. a question I'd like to post to the group. Um, yeah. Does anyone have a power back that they like other than Ramondre, Ramondre Stevenson and Elijah Mitchell?
1: Um, Ramondre, Sermon are the top dogs in this class, man. Yeah, no, but I'm, I'm interested to hear if you've got one.
3: I don't. I just thought it was interesting that we're kind of at a deficit of these we pure are. power backs. I mean... Yeah and not that that's a bad thing. I mean, the position has been going this more versatile, you know, all around route for a while. It's just the power backs really kind of dying. I mean, yeah, other than even Stevenson, he's a guy that he's not really a power back definitely doesn't play like it. I, no. I guess Elijah Mitchell is probably your truest power back in the sense, even then he's five ten He's not even that big.
2: There's not really well, any power backs, but there's a lot of guys that run with deceptive physicality. I mean, we, we emphasize that's Najee the direction
1: there. we're going in more. Yep.
2: Also, yeah, also he's not, Najee. he's we not Derek Henry, Najee's but he's name. not going You're down. Right, His momentum's always going forward. Even, you know, Javante Williams just because of how hard <laughs> he runs, like mm-hmm. good luck in a goal line situation, bringing him down with the way he shoots out of a cannon. Like I, there are a lot of guys here that are, yeah, they're not like a Mike all run you over, but I mean, the league, does, we're not even trending in that direction anyways. There's just not that much you can do with the way most of these offenses operate. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but it's an interesting po- because I think I think the NFL still values power backs, but we're just finding fewer and fewer. And the power backs we do have are more. Well, you should be a power back, but you run like a finesse back, which frankly is Royce Freeman's problem. Um, yeah, Royce has yeah. Yeah, yet to figure field, out, dude. Yeah, yep. it, that's what scared me at Oregon. But it's not a surprise. These guys come from these offenses. This is how they run. It's not north and south. And Yeah, Justin makes a great point. Where we're trending towards is the power guys are more those 210, 215 dudes who are not afraid to run up the middle like Javante and will punish you for trying to tackle them.
0: Off the top of my head, I can't think of a starting power back in the Pac-12.
3: Which is just
0: like the state of college football. That's why we're not seeing a yeah. whole lot of them. I mean, because because even I mean, last year there was even Zach really
2: Moss in the SEC and, this year. <laughs> yeah,
0: seriously, Zach Moss and Josh Kelly, like they were just there. Even Cam Scarlett at Stanford, but you're seeing fewer and fewer of those guys. They're going to be fewer in the NFL too.
1: Well, and Stanford's a great. Stanford runs so many jumbo packages. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like always in like three. Three tight end sets or they've got, you know, that sixth offensive lineman, but that's the team that produced Christian McCaffrey. Like even those running backs with those personnel sets, they want more wiggle. They want more elusiveness. They want the ability to catch the ball out the backfield because again, uh, we have get three tight ends or a jumbo package with the sixth offensive lineman at least one of these guys needs to know how to catch the ball in a pickle, you know? So we value versatility, even in those, um, I will throw out Rakeem Boyd. Great. Uh, last chance Chance you guy. Yep. Um, pretty good, pretty good career at Arkansas. Um, obviously with the Razorback struggles in the sec and coaching changes, he, he had some great weeks, but that you know like that that fame never built up he's got some power and uh downhill speed to his game though
2: i watched him play in person man and he had a, i mean granted it was against csu so mm-hmm. take it with a grain of salt and csu so. won that game but his his getaway speed is impressive like he's he's not that shifty he's not you know gonna juke you or anything like that but if there is a seam and it's there for him to take it he's a guy that can just hit the hole and be gone He's a really nice complimentary
3: piece, like a running back two, running back three, but I'm intrigued by him. One more guy I'd like to kind of, I guess, pound the table for is Chris Evans out of Michigan. He's a guy that hasn't gotten a lot of play recently. He was suspended, I think, all of 2019, came back to a loaded backfield this year in 2020, never really got a shot, but he's been there a long time. And when he was there as a freshman around, I think, 2017-ish, he was really impressive man and he can he's one of those guys that you know deceptive power i like that how uh, justin put it it's kind of how he runs runs with a really low really good contact balance mm-hmm. you know if you're gonna take a flyer on a guy i definitely consider him i mean he could potentially become a steal
1: yeah and um that's a good name to throw in there uh, a real bummer is journey Brown from Penn state retiring. Yeah. So you, I, I know there might be some list out there on the interwebs as we all prep for our draft the same way, just to note: he, he has said he's retiring from football. Um, he, he would have been another great back in this class though. So
0: maybe top five.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, maybe it's not super duper deep. Like I'm sure I've gone closer to like 15, 20 deep in other classes, we're more, you know, we get to that 13, 14 range. It's like, okay, we've talked about Verdell. We've talked about Ramon V. Stevens. We've mentioned Elijah Mitchell. That's kind of the, this running back class, but, um, there are a lot of NFL contributors here. What there are a lot guy? of RB one or RB twos in this group.
3: No one mentioned Brees hall who had a fantastic year for Iowa state. For and, um, you know, he's someone when you watch him, I don't know how well he's going to translate because he reminded me of a lesser David Montgomery who reminded me of a lesser Mark Ingram. So, I mean, <laughs> I don't know how far we're getting down the line here, Yeah. but um, he's someone, you know, I don't know if he's going to really make a difference, but if you want someone to kind of tote the rock and kind of, you know, get you 50, 60 yards a game, he could definitely do that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think the, Javion Hawkins, who has like the skinniest calves I've ever seen on a running back, yeah. um, w- w- will be like not with the top factor backs, but he'll, he'll get factored into that. And Puka Williams, who's totally one of those non football athletes on a football field. um, I don't know, weird character stuff and kind of everything that went down at Kansas where he wasn't playing a ton. Um, But I don't know. He's just another name in this class to be aware.
2: It worries me that he was clearly the best athlete on the entire Kansas team Mm -hmm. and they still didn't trust him enough to play him. Yeah. Just throwing that out there.
1: Absolutely. Um, So yeah, there's the running back class for you. I think we all agree the Broncos should come away with one of these guys. I think many of us are hoping two would be phenomenal um, it'll, pro days are gonna be huge so we'll be updating everything on this as we go on but uh that's our show um yeah to the backfield is in boys uh now we just get to move on to every other position
2: Let's get love it. It. draft Excited. season
1: gotta love it so that's us thanks for tuning in thanks for uh sending a question and uh we'll be back next week with more probably doing wide receivers but Stay tuned.